The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This Valentine's Day, Dunkin's got the perfect pairings to show your love. So get down on one knee with a dozen brownie batter donuts and a cocoa mocha signature latte. Or make them swoon with a strawberry dragon fruit Dunkin' refresher with a Cupid's Choice Donut. Are you ready for love? America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. Welcome to Red Leg Nation Radio, your home for discussion and analysis of Cincinnati Reds baseball all year long. Now here's your host, Chad Dotson. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Red Leg Nation Radio. This is episode number 393 of the world's most dangerous podcast. I'm your host, Chad Dotson. Joining me again tonight, Doug Gray. How are you, Doug? I'm pretty good, Chad. How you doing? I'm tired. You're tired? Well, you know, it's it's Thursday, so that means you know one, one more sleep, and then you can really sleep. That's true. Probably. That's true. I'm going to try anyway. Yeah, you know, um, I, it's sort of a late-night version of Red Lake Nation Radio, a little later than we usually record, and, and the reason why is I've been a little busy tonight, and, uh, and, and I'm going to talk about that for a moment because I, I'm going to try to avoid talking about the Cincinnati Reds for just a second if I can. Do you mind, Doug? Give it a go. It's your show. Well, yeah, and uh, this was a week where we should have just not even bothered recording a show just because the Reds make my head hurt. But anyway, uh, yeah, so so tonight I was, uh, no one will guess. No one listening here will be able to guess as to what I was doing t- tonight. I had to be the judge slash timekeeper for a gubernatorial debate. Is that the most random thing you've ever heard? I mean, no, but it is quite random. <laughs> For those of you that don't know me, uh, you know, or new listeners, maybe the podcast, um, where you been, first of all. And second of all, you know, I, I live just across the, uh, the eastern Kentucky border uh, into Virginia, and uh, they're having a governor's election this year. And somehow, also, if you don't know, I used to be a used to be a judge before I got fed up with all that nonsense. And um, now I just uh, play my guitar on the street for money. And so somehow they asked me to to be the kind of, you know, make sure everybody got equal time and all that nonsense tonight. So uh, because of that, I had to start late and I'm, I'm imposing on your time, Doug. Can you ever forgive me? I can. I, I, I feel you've been pretty good to me over the years, Chad. So I'm willing to forgive you on this one. All right. Can you forgive me for asking you to talk about the Reds now? No. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be too much. That one, that one is unforgivable after this past week. That might be a little, little too much. Yeah. So here, here's where we are. You know, on August 22nd. Your Cincinnati Reds were 69 and 57, 12 games over 500. They were leading in the wild card race. Since that time, the Reds have lost 14 out of 21 games. They have lost seven consecutive series, including five series to teams that are under 500. And they just lost two out of three to the hapless Pittsburgh Pirates. Now, somehow, as we record this, they're still just a game out of the second wildcard spot. But they've been passed up by the stupid Cardinals. And this has just been a, I don't know why I would call it an epic collapse. But that the collapse is about the best way to put it, I think, right? I, I don't think there's any other way to put it. I mean, 
what was it three weeks ago you said that you know, they were 12 over and yeah i mean they 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 could have they could have put a lot of distance between themselves and everybody else right now and yeah instead they've won 33 percent of their games over the last three weeks that's that's not good it's not good and, and you're right that, that's that's a point that we need to uh kind of drill down on if the reds had just played reasonably well even 500 baseball they'd be in command i mean really the only team that's in the the wildcard race that has played well has been the uh cardinals this week but before this week the cardinals hadn't won a series in a month yeah i mean let's i'm looking at the, the standings right now the cardinals have been outscored this season by five runs like they're not a good team they just you know, they've got that devil magic, and somehow being outscored by five runs all year means they're seven over. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah, I don't, I'm not sure how that 2000, works. 2006 all over again is my fear. They're going to finish 83 and 79 and win the World Series. Well, that's I'll just go ahead and say that's one of the questions that we got for viewer mail tonight uh, from, from our buddy Seth Shaner. These questions, of course, are all of viewer mail questions come from our friends at patreon.com slash redlegradio with the most loyal family members on earth that are sticking with us no matter how bad the Reds are. And that's when you need a family. But he says, as I mentioned on Twitter, are we living in a nightmare scenario where this is a uh, repeat of 2006 and the Reds finish just under 500 and the filthy Cardinals sneak in a few games over and win the whole stinking thing. Yuck. You know, I was kind of talking a couple weeks ago about, you know, just the the, the various seasons over uh, the last 25 years where the Reds have actually competed and how much fun those were. And, you know, I added 2006 kind of because nobody really felt they were in the race, but they kind of overachieved for a while and, and got us excited a little bit and then just completely, uh, you know, faded down the stretch and then of course the stupid cardinals uh kind of sneak into the playoffs and win the whole thing now i would be very surprised if the cardinals won the whole thing this year but man it i'm interested to hear that you because you didn't know about that uh, viewer mail question i'm interested to hear that you made that same comparison because uh it it hurts it, it hurts to look at it in those terms because we've seen this movie before right unfortunately yes it was the uh Oh, gosh, how do I want to put this? The soul killer of 2006? Yeah. Yeah, and that was just during a stretch where the Reds had just disappointed us so much since that 1999 season and then getting griffy, and it was just always a disappointment every year. And that's become our life. So, uh, But, you know, th- what I wrote about uh, at the magazine this week was that, yes, the Reds have stunk this week or this, uh, you know, this month. They have absolutely been horrible. But, you know, and, and I hate to even mention the, the, the term easy schedule because we've kind of been hanging our hats on that a little bit over the, uh, you know, since the All-Star break. We're like, oh, look down the stretch. You know, the Reds have that quote-unquote easy schedule. They still have that easy schedule, so they just would start hitting a little bit. They might be okay and could still actually get back in the playoff spot. It, they're not far out. And so it, it's frustrating, but also you can't quite give up hope, can you? Well, no, but uh, that easy schedule does not start today or tomorrow or whenever you're listening because the Dodgers are coming to town and you know, they are arguably you know the best team in the National League right now. Yeah, that's not going to be an easy schedule. Dodgers. Yeah. Well, the the Pirates weren't easy. They just lost two of three to the Pittsburgh Pirates, but they won today. They won in the finale, right? So they they, they 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 did win today with that that one to nothing score. That I mean, I it, I guess it all it all it all counts. One one nothing, fifteen nothing doesn't matter, but. Gosh, that was a painful series, Chad. <laughs> that, was a, that was a tough watch. That was the one 
uh, yeah, I, I thought I was trying to figure out how to open this uh, this podcast, and um, I thought, well, maybe we'll just get go nuts excited because the Reds beat the Pirates today, and so they're, they're back. And I just I couldn't bring myself even to to play that game, you know. Um, yeah, this was the Pirates are bad. The Pirates are genuinely bad, and the Reds looked like they were worse than the Pirates this week. This week, uh, well, you know, these three games. And those are the games you got to win. I know they have six more against the Pirates the rest of the way, so they got more chances, but I don't know what to say. They have 16 games remaining. They got to make up a one game deficit, and they also have to jump over two teams. It's just, it's not impossible. There's still hope, but the team that we saw in Pittsburgh, that's not a playoff team, is it? No, it absolutely is not. But fortunately, you know that that I, I keep saying this. That's why they play 162 games. You're, you're gonna have stretches where you're playing way better than you actually are, and where you're playing way worse than you actually are. And I, the Reds are not as bad as they played the, these last couple of weeks. I mean, we've seen that. Um, but you know, they need to get out of this this run of sucking. I guess is the, the nicest way to put it. Um, and they have to do it now. There's there's yeah. 15 games left. There there is no more time for, you know, as as David Bell said the other day, waiting for it to turn. Right. You can't wait for it to turn anymore. You got to put the the pedal to the floor right now. You're, there's no there's no looking back. Yeah, yeah, you're right. There's just 15 games remaining, and uh, yeah, it, now's now's the time. Uh, <laughs> excuse me. Um, I just you you kind of touch on something that I say often. I'm struggling to explain this theme. <laughs> you know, you said something that I, I often say, which is in every team, they're never as good as they look at their best and they're never as bad as they look at their worst. Uh, so, so I'm fully willing to believe that the team we've seen the last couple of weeks is not the real team. On the other hand, this team is playing guys out of position. This team, I mean, Who's ever heard in a uh, you know in a playoff race, you play your stud shortstop in a position he's never played before. You play your your young you know, young stud stud to be shortstop. You play play a a, a guy named, a guy named Max Schrock, which is a great name, but you play him in a position he's, he does, he he doesn't play. It's just it's it's it blows my mind. I keep saying that they're run like a really bad. 11U travel team because that's the type of thing you do. You know, you just stick guys in positions that they've never played, and and, and supposedly this is a pennant race. I mean, it's just this is the most dysfunctional organization, and I just feel like I'm beating my head against the the wall every year because it's the same old nonsense that we see all the time. The worst run franchise, but they've still got a chance. I still want to be. They're frustrating me, and I still. They're not out of it, so I don't want to. You know, I don't want to quit on them just yet. Uh, I don't. I'm, I'm all over the map here. I don't know how to feel about this team. I think is what I'm ultimately saying. I think that's fair. I mean, the other day, I, I, I don't mean anything negative against Max Schrock. He was put in a situation he shouldn't have been in. But the Reds lost that game in Pittsburgh because Max Schrock, who isn't an outfielder, was playing the outfield in the ninth inning, and he overran it a lazy fly ball down the line that turned into a ground rule double. That runner scored the winning run in the bottom of the ninth inning. There were actual outfielders on the bench who didn't get to come in and play outfield. I don't understand it. It was insane. 
it's frustrating. Yeah, and you're right. That's not criticism of Max Schrock, okay? Although I did see criticism of Max Schrock uh, on, on the Twitters. But uh, listen, Schrock's done everything you could ask of him pretty much this year. And I think he's got a chance to be a decent utility guy going forward for this team. I don't have any issues with him uh, being on the roster. Um, he's hit fairly well uh, in Cincinnati. But in a playoff scenario, you're putting a guy in a position that he's just not ready to perform. Playing outfield in the major leagues is, well, they, what, what would uh, Coach Washington from Oakland say? It's incredibly hard. Um, yeah. Uh, okay, yeah, he's a professional baseball player. Maybe he should have made that catch. Eh, but, yeah, okay, whatever. Um, but it was it was unfair to him, and it's the, it's something that well-run teams do not do. It just it, You would not see the Dodgers doing that. You wouldn't see you wouldn't see the Cardinals doing that. You just it's it's so frustrating. Why does this team that has so much upside and so many fun personalities, why do they have to be run by morons? And just and it's every single year. Oh, the Reds. Can we do a Bengals podcast? I mean. I wouldn't be nearly as good at that, which I mean, I'm sure a lot of people out there saying you're not good at this, Doug, but, and you're probably really right. But yeah, no, I would be very bad at that one. But you can feel free, Chad. I, you, you would probably do a lot better at that than I would. I don't you know. might have to watch a lot of the Bengals, though, and let me tell you, as a lifelong Bengals fan, it's not any easier. I got to tell you, you know, I watched uh, game one this weekend, and uh, I've got Joe Burrow fever. I got Jamar Chase fever, too. Don't get me wrong. I, I get it. I, I also enjoyed that. But again... I've seen this story many times before. <laughs> yeah, if you're going to pick a team to uh, follow, you want to get rid of the Reds, so you decide to pick another professional sports franchise to to be crazy about. Yeah, the Bengals is not the right pick. Um, okay, so I want to talk about two different scenarios, and then we'll talk about some of the news of the week, and then get into viewer mail. Two scenarios. Let's say the Reds. I want you to envision a world in which the Reds uh, turn it around here and sneak into the playoffs. They finish a game ahead of the Cardinals and Padres, and they make it into the playoffs. And, you know, they're, they finish the season, let's say, 87 and, uh, what was it, 87 and 70, 75? They're not going to do that. They're not, they can't no. win. They, can't, they're gonna, they finish, let's say they finish 80, what, 84? 84 and 78? That might win the that, that could give away everybody else's plan. That could win the wild card. Eighty four wins. Um, let's say they do that. Now to get to eighty four wins, they have to what uh, win eight more eight of fifteen. Is that right? I see they're yeah. seventy six and seventy one. So yeah, they could play a little eight, above five hundred. Eight, eight and seven. Right, that could so, work. Yeah, they could do that. There's no question, and and that could get them in the playoffs. I don't know that it will, but let's just say that it does. Let's say they finish. Fangraph says that'll get them in right now based on their projections. Okay, so let's let's we're going to envision a world in which that happens. And turn it around here. They don't play great down the stretch, but they finish above 500 for the first time in, I don't know, like 96 years, I think. I haven't checked, but. That sounds about right. Yeah, they sneak into the playoffs, and then they, you know, get shut out by the Dodgers on the road in the wild card game. So that's the end of the season. So you get an above 500 uh, team that gets into the playoffs when it wasn't one of these crazy expanded playoff scenarios. How do we feel about this team after the season in that scenario? And then I'll give you another scenario. I mean, I 
my opinion would be I'd, I'd have to wait and see what they did. I mean, I Nick Castellanos is going to test free agency. I mean, I I think we all believe that's going to happen. That's a, yeah. that's a big part of your lineup you've got to replace. Uh, Joey Votto has been incredible this year, but he's not getting any younger. He's probably not going to be as good as he's been this year. Um, you know, so you're you're probably going to take a little bit of a hit on your offense there as well. <sighs> what are you going to do in center field? What's going to happen at shortstop? Because God knows if Jose Barrero, who OPS a thousand this year, isn't going to get the job from Kyle Farmer, who has had an OPS under six hundred outside of July this year. What are the Reds going to do with that? What's going to happen Ooh. at third base, where you've got two options who nobody feels comfortable with, but they're not getting rid of either one of them? I got a lot of questions that I don't really have any answers for right now. Right. Well, and I, I, I don't think that uh, Reds ownership or management is going to have too many answers either. So, but would you would you consider that a successful season, finishing above five hundred and, and making the playoffs? I mean, I, yeah. Given where we thought they were going to be when the year started, I, I think that most people figured the Reds going to be a 500 team. They weren't going to make the playoffs. I mean, am I, am I out of line with that? I feel like that's kind of all where most of us were, right? That's where all the projections were, somewhere in that 89 or uh, 79 to 82 win range. So why do we feel like uh, that? that's completely plausible for that to happen? Why do we feel like right now like this team is just uh, – a complete disappointment. I mean, it kind of feels that way, doesn't it? Well, I think it's because they played way above their expectation for most of the year, and then they've collapsed. And so now we've gone from this is maybe a 90-win team to are they even going to finish 500? Yeah. In the span, the span of three weeks. It's been three weeks that we've gone from, wow, we feel really good about this team, they're playing well, they're on a roll, to holy crap, are they ever going to win again? Yeah, I think what I'm trying to resolve in my own mind here, more than anything, is if they finish above 500 and get in the playoffs, then okay, so they don't advance. That's the one of the best seasons that the Reds have had in the last 30 years. You know, I should be ha- happier about that. The problem is you have ownership and management who you know are not going to try to improve the team in the offseason, and they have some big challenges that uh, they'll, some big holes they'll need to fill. Fill. So, uh, I think that's part of the reason why there's such a kind of a malaise around the uh, Reds fandom right now. When this team should, of course, the fact of the matter is, if if, if ownership and, and management hadn't completely just given up on this team, this team could have been a ninety-plus win team easily if they had filled the holes, if they'd made some attempt to improve the team. And so, yeah, that's something else that's kind of a cloud hanging over truly being able to enjoy, uh, you know, a, a, a season that we've not seen in a long time. Now, the other scenario I wanted to ask you a question about: Let's say they just continue doing what they're doing, and they finish right at 500 and don't make the, or even under 500 and don't make the playoffs. Uh, You know, is there any way to view, I I think I can talk myself into even a a playoff, a wildcard loss. I think I can talk myself into saying, okay, that's, that was a successful season. Um, But if they miss the playoffs, given that we have no hope that, the Castellinis are going to, uh, you know, commit to improving this team, and even that Nick Crawl has the ability to, if he if he wanted to, because um, I've not been uh, pleased at all with uh, with his performance this year. It, I guess it, if that happens, it's, they finish eighteen eighty two. Let's say that. Let's go there. With knowing that 
we have big, big problem, big challenges ahead of us. Will this be as down as you've been about the Reds in a long time? Or am I overstating that? I don't, it's been a rough couple of years. So I don't want to say in a long time, because I think that once we realized that the Reds rebuild was a complete failure based on the complete lack of any starting pitcher of the seven that they seem to have their entire rebuild philosophy around weren't going to work out. That, that was pretty crushing because there was a lot of really bad teams in there with a lot of losing based on Robert Stevenson, Sal Romano, uh, Amir Garrett, you know, with Brandon Finnegan, a bunch of guys that, you know, had potential who just didn't reach it at all. Um, you know, that was, that was tough. That was, that was a really, de- because at that point you realized you kind of have to start all over now. And, you know, they, they, they did recover quicker than I expected. Thanks to the emergence of Luis Castillo trading for Sonny Gray. It, it, it wasn't as bad, but at the time before those things happened, that was, that was a, that was kind of the low point for me because I looked at it as a, you know, this is not going to work. Their entire plan is in the, it's in the trash now. Yeah, that brings me to another one of our viewer mail questions. Let me go ahead and ask this one from our buddy Brandon Taylor. Since I am down to barely watching the Reds anymore, I'd appreciate it if you could be so kind as to tell me when the rebuild ends. Isn't there supposed to be a real competitive window at the end of a rebuild? Well, the competitive window was uh, at the end of last season. And it was supposed to be this season. But instead, what we have is the rebuild ended and a new one's going to have to start, I guess, <laughs> immediately. Um, this is what's frustrating to me. The rebuild, quote-unquote rebuild, was a complete failure. It just was. I don't know how you can say otherwise. It was a failure. Um, but Dick Williams and his, his front office salvaged something. They got creative the last the couple years before this uh, offseason. They really filled some holes. And coming into 2021 had a team that... If you just fix a couple of places, the bullpen primarily, shortstop another, if you just fill these holes, this is a legitimate contender for the National League Central Championship. And so they get this quote-unquote rebuild to a point where it could pay some dividends if you just, and that's what happens at the end of every rebuild. You find out where your holes are and you fill them. And uh, the last couple holes... And, and Bob Castellini, who's the worst owner in professional sports, he refused to fill in those last holes. And so it completely gutted all that work that was done. And now we're on the, I don't want to talk the word rebuild again. I, just, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't want to do it. Um, but I have no faith in the current management of the team to execute a rebuild. You want to put Nick Crawl in front of it? Maybe leading it. Maybe he can. But he also, you know, well, I don't know. It's just, it's uh, to me, it's, I hate to say this because I'm trying to get people to keep listening to this podcast, but it's as frustrating a time to be a Cincinnati Reds fan as, it's as frustrating as any time in the last 30 years. Uh, you know, I can't think of another time that was worse uh, because I've got no hope for the future unless Bob Cassidy sells this team. All right, there I ranted for a little bit. Make of that what you will, so if there's something you want to add to that. I'm just going to I'm just going to leave it with this. You choose to rebuild. You don't have to. And it's frustrating that that's even a consideration. 
because it, it it's essentially saying we're not going to try, and that's just infuriating as a fan. That's all. Yeah, well, we'd already know they're not going to try. Um, uh, Chris Garber had a uh, had an, a funny uh, tweet. At least, at least I chuckled at it uh, a couple nights ago. You know, as the Reds were an embarrassing loss in the second game to the uh, to the Pirates, I tweeted, I "Wonder what Bob Castellini's doing tonight." And uh, Chris said, "You know, the thing about Carl Lindner, the, the previous owner of the Reds, the thing about Carl Lindner, he never pretended to care about winning baseball games. <laughs> That's what's frustrating about Castellini. He made all these promises that oh, we're bringing winning baseball back, and then completely did the same nonsense that Carl Lindner did." Just not refusing to do what it takes to win. You know, I'm, I'm telling you, I got, I got to get back on board. We've talked with some in the our Slack channel. I, we got to get this billboard thing, uh, this billboard project back up and running. Sell the team, Bob, because the Cincinnati Reds will never, ever, ever, ever compete while Bob Castellani is the owner. It's just, they're just not going to. There's no chance. And the problem now is that Phil Castellani is sticking his nose into the baseball operations side of the organization and he's going to cause the same havoc or worse havoc that that bob caused by sticking his nose into baseball operations over the years it's just uh, i want them to play well this last couple weeks and sneak into the playoffs because we need some fun from this team we need we need something to hang our hat on because i worry that there's not much of that coming in the next few years but i did make the prediction today that uh, the Reds are going to sweep the Dodgers this weekend. Are you with me on that? You know I am. Going to be a big sweep, man. It's going to be huge, huge. Um, no, no, no. That's fake news. Um, crazy, crazier things have happened. <laughs> crazier things have happened. Yeah, I would love it. It'd be great, wouldn't it? It, it? it would be rather hilarious to look like the worst team in baseball, only to go back and sweep the Dodgers, but. Yeah, it's kind of par for the course for this team, though, right? I, I would, I would not be putting any amount of money on that if you are, uh, if you're one of those sports gambler types out there. Do not. Yeah, buddy not of mine. Just... Uh, let me find here uh, the text I got uh, earlier today from a guy who's, uh, you know, not really a big baseball fan, but the kind of uh, he's not a Reds fan, and he said, "Lucky uh, guy." Yeah, really. Um, he's a Braves fan of all things, but he said the Reds are plus two twenty five to make the playoffs. And I said, run, don't walk, run away from that. <laughs> don't put any of your actual United States legal tender on that bet. Look, don't they always tell you, don't gamble what you can't afford to lose? That's like, true. I, I feel like that's the rule. So, you know, if, you, if you're willing to lose that, I think you can all, do what you want. Yeah. I think all gamblers follow that rule. That's what I'm told. <laughs> yes, that's exactly what happens. <laughs> they don't they don't run long commercials on television and stuff, you know, for people with gambling problems at all. That never ever happens. Exactly. So, but here's why it's going to here's why the Reds are going to sweep the Dodgers. Somebody's coming back to Cincinnati, Doug. Is it you? Are you are you coming to visit? I am absolutely without question not coming back to Great American Ballpark anyway while your boy, your boy Castellini's there. Who's coming back? You tell me. You're the one that wrote about it for the uh, incredible site, redlegnation.com. Oh, oh, yeah. That would be Jesse Winker. Jesse Winker is coming back. And let me tell you, that was a, was a scary 15 or 20 minutes there uh, because this morning, remember, we're recording this on Thursday night. Uh, David Bell said that the plan today was for Jesse Winker to play in the game in AAA tonight and then be 
if assuming things went well, be back in Cincinnati to play in the Dodgers series. But then Louisville put out their lineup, and there was no Jesse Winker. Um, so it runs through your head. There were two options. One was a good option, which was, well, you know, they decided, you know, we're not going to take the chance that Winker gets hurt, and we're just bringing him back to Cincinnati. The other option was that, well, Jesse Winker showed up to the ballpark today a little bit sore or, you know, not feeling great or something because, you know, he's coming off of an intercostal strain. And, you know, those things take a while to come back from. And unfortunately, we've seen it in Cincinnati over the years. You know, gosh, I mean, didn't Johnny Cueto miss like half a season because of that once? Um, so obviously that's a, a situation that runs through your head. But unfortunately, our, our old buddy Jim Kelch, who's covering for uh, – you know, the, the Louisville Bats right now in, in in the road broadcast, he spoke with Winker and Jesse said, hey, it's time. And he came back to Cincinnati early. So that's good news because, I mean, we've all seen the Reds offense lately, right? It's not great. And Jesse Winker, is he's pretty good at that hitting thing. Yeah. Well, to that point, here's why I was frustrated. The Reds have been struggling to score runs lately. They're playing guys like Max Schrock in the outfield. Where's the sense of urgency if if Winker is potentially healthy enough to swing a bat? And I know he didn't play necessarily very well in his two or hit very well in his two games uh, for Louisville, but it frustrates me to no end that in the middle of a pennant race, I'm not if this were May, I'd have no problem him going to do that rehab assignment. But in the middle of a pennant race with a team struggling on offense, you have an all-star outfielder, um, perhaps the best hitter in the entire organization. Why is he not in Cincinnati? Why is he going out on, on a rehab assignment? To me, that's a, a more just, you know, this is kind of lack of urgency we talk about with this organization. The, you know, it, there's, there's nothing urgent about trying to win games in the big leagues right now. That's why they only have, you know, 18 to 20 actual major league players on the roster at any given time. Am I, am I crazy about that? I, mean, I don't think so. I'm, I, I, you're not you're not the first, second, or tenth person I've seen bring that up, and you know what's what's interesting is you know in in a normal year, that there wouldn't have been a rehab assignment available for right. Jesse Winker, uh, but because of the way that you know baseball is this year, the minor leagues didn't start until May, and the Triple A season is going to run I think October third, and they're usually done and ready to start the the Triple A playoffs about the third of September, and Louisville's really, really bad this year. So they wouldn't be in the playoffs. Their season would be over. There would be nowhere for Jesse Winker to go rehab, and the Reds would have had no choice but to just activate him. But instead, things are weird. He had an option to go rehab, and well, they sort of kind of put him on rehab for five entire at-bats. It's, 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 yeah, I don't know. It's weird. It's so frustrating. It's a bad 11-U travel team. We need hitters. Is he healthy? I, you would imagine so, or they wouldn't have sent him out, right? Right. You're not going to play him in those games unless he's healthy enough to swing the bat and and, and play. Right. I mean, let's 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 play this out. If he, if he gets hurt swinging a bat in Louisville, he was going to get hurt swinging the bat in Cincinnati, right? Yeah. Right. I mean, it's, he, he's he's not down there swinging any different, any less hard. I, I, I he's there's not he's not down there putting less torque on his body. He's trying to hit the baseball. Like it, it, there's not. A situation where, like, you know what? I'm only facing this guy in AAA. I'm not going to swing as hard as I normally would. That's not. These guys are competitors. You, you get them out there on that field, they're going to play like they're going to play. Yeah. I mean, even even in a situation where it's a pitcher and he's just down there to quote get his work in, 
he's still down there throwing, you know, his normal fastball. He may not be using all of his pitches trying to get outs like he would in the major leagues, but you know, he's still down there throwing it, you know, as hard as he can, so to speak. You know, he may just not mix it up and go over the scouting reports like he would if you were facing the Dodgers when he's pitching for the Dayton Dragons. Yeah, I just I don't understand a, an organization that has had so little success just does not seem to have any more urgency to make the playoffs than uh, than they should. It seems like to me. I mean, um, you know, you got the line of the Shields starting games in a playoff stretch. You've got Azurball Cabrera getting big time at bats. Hey, in, in key that, guy, well, that guy had the game-winning RBI today, thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Sure, he's 0 for 18, but that does not matter right now. Exactly. You got Max Schrock playing out of position. I mean, and meanwhile, and Jesse Winker, well, we can afford not having Jesse Winker for, you know, two or three days. I mean, it's just, it makes it makes no sense. I do not understand this team. I just think they're run by a bunch of idiots. That's all I can, that's all I can figure. They're run by a bunch of idiots. Am I, am I being too uh, unkind? You may be, because I, I don't know if I would... I don't want to use a word that strong. Um, I, I Hear me out. I think they're just scared. I think they're run by people that are scared. Scared they're of scared what? To, they're scared to take a chance on somebody who does not have a major league track record of any kind. Now, that doesn't apply to the Jesse Winker situation. But rather than call up guys from the minor leagues to play, they call up these never-has-beens and never-wers to fill out these roles. You know, I mean, think about their bullpen. Dari Moreta has not allowed an earned run since July 4th. Think about all the pitchers that the Reds have run out there who were absolutely terrible for the last two and a half months in their bullpen. And it's not like Dari Moreta doesn't have stuff. The guy throws 98 miles an hour. Like, he's not out there tricking guys and fooling guys with some, like, weird 86-mile-per-hour pitch that just dances everywhere. Like, he comes at you with his best stuff, and he hasn't given up an earned run in over, two, what, two and a half months? But he, he hasn't been called up. Kyle Farmer has been a terrible hitter for his entire major league career outside of July of 2021. Jose Barrero is the future shortstop of this team, allegedly. He goes to AAA and hits, you know, has 1,000 OPS. But somehow Kyle Farmer still gets to go out there and play every day. But they, they are terrified, in my mind, to let somebody who isn't a major league, quote-unquote, veteran, get out there on the field in a playoff race. And I have no idea why. It's like they're choosing to go with what they know isn't good, or if, God forbid, they actually think that it is good, instead of trying something else because they don't know. I appreciate the fact that you're trying to be charitable and give the benefit of the doubt, but you're wrong. Well, that's okay. I'm wrong a lot, Jed. The Reds are run by a bunch of idiots. I've, I've hesitated to uh, to call a spade a spade here, right? But the Cincinnati Reds. Let me do, let me be clear about what I'm saying here. The Cincinnati Reds are run by a bunch of idiots. Have I made that clear? I, maybe you need to say it one more time. A bunch. Try, try it. Try it again. Let me just tell you something. Next year, when they're trying to sell season tickets, that's that should be the tagline of the, the 2022 Reds. 2022 Reds. Bunch of idiots. <laughs> That'll 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 definitely get people to buy let's buy some season tickets. Catch Reds fever. We're a bunch of idiots. Well, I mean, catch catch Reds fever. You're an idiot if you're buying season tickets. Maybe that could be maybe that could be their their sales line. Just follow the script. <laughs> there Just you go. The oh no, I'm an idiot. I, well, I know that, but we've already conceded that over the years here on this podcast. But 
Uh, I just, I'm, I'm frustrated. It's a, it's a team that makes dumb decision after dumb decision after dumb decision. And I don't know why we keep, you know, following a stupid team. Because, because we're idiots. Oh, we, we're we the are idiots. The idiots Dad. Yeah. We are the idiots. You know, I can't argue with that one. <laughs> That's that maybe the truest thing you've ever said on this podcast. It's about time, right? Yeah. So, uh, other, uh, transactions of the week. Let's just quickly get through those. The Reds, uh, called up Jose Barrero for some reason. Uh, when they placed Cal Farmer on the paternity list, correct. Congratulations to Cal Farmer and his wife for the birth of a beautiful young child. Um, always an exciting moment. And I saw the picture on, uh, on the Instagrams and that was, uh, everybody looked happy. It was great. Yeah. It's exciting. It's great. Really happy for Cal Farmer who we have been critical of here all season long, but has never done anything less than try as hard as he can to be the, uh, the best red he can be. I don't want to lose sight of that. Kyle Farmer's fine. He he's just, in my opinion, he's a utility player who's being put in a role that isn't that, and that's that's where the criticism comes from. Not so much about Kyle Farmer. Exactly. Thank you. You know, people. Oh, you hate Kyle Farmer. I don't hate Kyle Farmer. I'll have I'll take Kyle Farmer on my team in twenty twenty two. Absolutely. Yeah, he's definitely one of the best twenty six. Yes. Yeah, twenty six players on the roster now. Right. Yeah. No, no and, question and he about it. Be. He, he's he's quite valuable in that role. Yeah, he he's and he's he's you know I'm, I'm much more impressed than I was before uh, about his defensive ability and you know I think he's got a chance to be a decent utility guy but you know he's not a shortstop he's not a big league shortstop I'm sorry uh, it's not a criticism of Kyle Farmer guess what I'm not a uh, major league shortstop that's not a criticism of me I don't have the ability Kyle Farmer just doesn't quite have the ability to be a starting big league shortstop there's a lot of people you can say that about that doesn't mean he's not a legitimate big leaguer. They can't play a role on this team going forward. So anyway, they they, they the Grits call it Barrero, um, and and I was surprised when Cal Farmer returned from the paternity list that the Reds didn't uh, you know I don't know cut Jose Barrero or something, send him back uh, to single A or something. They designated Brad Brock for assignment. Finally, Brad Brock after a full season. By which I mean 35 appearances with a 6.30 earned run average. The Reds finally decided to give up on the 35-year-old Brad Brock experience. And when I start my rock band, that's going to be the name of the band, the Brad Brock experience. So you're going to be really good for the first like two or three songs of your album, and then it's going to be the worst thing anyone's ever heard for the last like four tracks? Is yeah, that... but, but everybody's going to stick around almost until the end. Fair enough. <laughs> Oh, Brad Brock. Again, we say things about these players, and I always feel like I've got to add the caveat. Every time Brad Brock stepped on the mound, he was trying as hard as he could to be the best player he could be for the Cincinnati Reds. And he, he was actually really good for the first 20 appearances. Yeah. His ERA yeah. was 2.25 through his first 20 appearances. Unfortunately, the last 15, it was 14.4. Which, again, I might not have been as upset about, except they kept running him out there in high-leverage situations. Well, I mean, at some point, when does an ERA of 14.4 mean that you still get to stick around? I mean, yeah, it yeah. was it was very, very bad for quite a while there. Well, and David Bell was still – you know, and, David and, Bell's and a bunch not, of idiots. It's not like he has a track record of being good recently either. I mean, yeah. his ERA was like six over the previous two seasons before he came up. I don't know. Yeah, it's – a buddy of mine that's yeah. a, a you know, I got known through uh, UVA uh, sports. He's a UVA guy, and uh, that's the university, the University of Virginia. 
um, he, uh, he's a Baltimore Orioles fan. He's like, you know, in retrospect, maybe picking up former Oriole, Orioles relievers might not have been such a such a good idea. He's not wrong, Chad. He's not wrong. Yeah, when's that Art Warren going to come back? I need some. I need some more Art Warren in my life. You know, they haven't exactly given a, a good update on him in the past couple of days. The last one we heard was that he still needs more time, which ah. I mean, we're, we're running out of time. So uh, here's what I don't understand. I don't understand. Here, here's some guys that I do not understand why they are not on the big in the big league bullpen right now. It makes no sense to me. I'm going to list a few names for you, and, and maybe you can pick one of them out and tell me why this person's not on the. Uh, on the in the big league bullpen, Carson Fulmer, CNL Perez, Josh Osich, Ashton Godot, Michael Feliz, Cam Bedrosian, Edgar Garcia, Alex Blandino. Why are those relievers not in the Reds bullpen right now? Well, some of them are no longer in the Reds organization. Alex Blandino is on the injured list. Um, the rest of them just aren't good enough. Boy, someday we're going to look back. You know, we're we're, we're going to have flashbacks about this Reds bullpen from 2021 for years. You know, um, because we watch every game. You know, and and we just it's been hanging over us all year. Five years from now, we're going to go back and look at the baseball reference page of the 2021 team, and we're going to be like, oh my gosh, <laughs> I didn't realize it was that bad. Who who are some of these guys? I mean, not just guys. Think, 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 think about it. in ten years, you're going to be like, who in the world is Ashton Goodell? Oh yeah, no, absolutely. no one's gonna remember that. I don't care who you are, unless you're related to Ashton Gudo or you are Ashton Gudo. Exactly. Who has pitched in more major league games than I have? So kudos to him. I still think that sounds like the name of a, a really famous uh, French uh, new wave movie director. Mm-hmm. Um, three different guys with ERAs over eleven. You don't see that very often. No, not in the major leagues. You don't. Let's answer some viewer mail questions because there's some here that may give us a smile and, and get us through this uh, this rough patch. We all need that, don't we? We do. All right, first question comes from, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and go with the one from Charles Zollers, our resident young guy, one of the resident young guys in the, in the Red Lake Nation radio family, uh, and a University of Central Florida guy. Since the Reds are doing everything they can to not make the playoffs, at least UCF football and then the and uh, the Bengals are good, Right. Yes, <laughs> I don't know about UCF football. I, I, I don't. I don't. I really don't know how good UCF is right now. So I'm just going to go with yes because I'm going to assume that the question isn't being asked if they got blown out in the first week or two of the season. So yes, that is that's very good news, and they're both going to go undefeated this year. Yeah, well, maybe. And then if if UCF goes undefeated, they'll pretend like they won a national championship again, like they did that one time. Uh, they're the national champions in my book yet. So. Thank you. Okay, you're the you're the real winner here, Charles. You have an official partial championship from the Red Lake Nation radio hosts. Um, I, again, I did watch the Bengals, and it was kind of like uh, you know they started well, and then they almost blew it, but then they uh, hung in there and won, so that was good. I don't expect a lot from them, but uh, they were kind of fun to watch at times this week. So, but you can follow all the action on our new. Red Lake Nation Radio Bingles focused podcast coming soon to a podcast player near you. Rex Scott asks, Gentlemen, a question that uh, refers to the Reds and most other teams. Whatever happened to playing small ball? Bunting, stealing bases, and other aspects of small ball have been sacrificed to power hitting and power pitching. 
Watching a team play small ball is not only fun, but it enhances skill development. Have we seen the end of it because of the mistaken view that we prefer home runs and dominant pitchers? Let me take a quick stab at this, Doug, and then for anything you want to, to, to weigh in on, but um, certainly you can do that. Uh, I, I do think that uh, in many ways, small ball is can be more fun compared to the game we have now. I don't include bunting in that. Bunting is not is the least fun thing in all of baseball. But I like stealing bases, and I also like you know the idea that you put the ball in play more than the teams do now. I think the, the version of baseball that we have right now is not aesthetically pleasing to watch. I've said that many times here. Um, but the reason that that went away is because the math shows that small ball is not the best way to score runs. That's how we got this game. Teams are... You say the mistaken view that we prefer home runs and dominant pitchers. It's, it has nothing to do with what fans prefer. It's that the math says that that's the most efficient way to score runs, and that's why teams have gone to that. So, uh, you know, I don't want to go to complete small small ball. I don't want to see a, a ton of bunts and all that nonsense. But I would very much like to see a, a game where the ball's put into play far more often because that's far more uh, interesting to watch to me. Now, anything you have to add to that, Doug? I mean, there, we could have this conversation for an hour. There's a million different reasons why you don't see it anymore. You know, things from the size of the ballparks being smaller, so everything put in play is more likely to be coming out. Uh, the, the pitchers being better means that there's less balls put in play, whether you want it to be that way or not. There's only so much you can do. Guys may be sacrificing some contact for power, but even if they weren't, you still aren't going to put the ball in play as much as you used to because there aren't 88-mile-per-hour pitchers on every in every rotation anymore. Like, there's one... You might see one of those guys every two weeks. Um, and, and then, as you said, it's just you know, it's more efficient to try and hit home runs and score runs. And you're asking teams to try and score less runs to play not that version of baseball. And that doesn't really make sense from the winning and losing perspective. Now, as you guys both said, it may not be as fun to watch that version of the game. But if you're trying to win baseball games... It seems that everybody, at least everybody in Major League Baseball, is of the consensus that that's not the way to do it. Yeah, but the Reds aren't really trying to win games, so why shouldn't they do it? Well, you, you know, I did say we could talk about this for an hour, Chad. Uh, yeah, it's true. Okay, so um, here's my here's my weight. You say there's no 88 mile per hour pitchers anymore, so I think we need to move the mound back. Further away from home plate. I, I disagree because i worry about the injuries to pitchers yeah, um, i'm not pitching so i don't care but they're trying it they're, they're, they're trying it right now no, in not. the atlantic league no they're so. not no they're okay. not they're not I mean, they are but okay no they're not here's what i'm here's what i'm proposing we move the mound back between second base and the center field fence we move them out of the outfield are we allowed to get running starts like in cricket why not uh, no, I no, I, I'm, I'm just saying. Bring it that, on. That, that would change the dynamics of the velocity of the pitch, which would, I mean, depending on how far you move back, may or may not defeat the purpose. They wouldn't be throing 97 even with a running start. By the time it got to the plate, it'd still be too slow. That's what we need to do. Or we just need to turn the game into whack bat. Do you know what whack bat is? I have no idea. Whack bat? Whack bat from the uh, fantastic film Fantastic Mr. Fox, directed by Wes Anderson? Yeah, nope. What? I, I, everybody, I have just been kicked off the podcast in real time. Um, Are you unfamiliar with Whack Bat, the incredible game played in the Fantastic Mr. Fox? 
I, I'm aware of the movie. I don't know what you're talking about. <sighs> Wagbat requires at least 13 players, okay? Three grabbers, okay. three taggers, five twig runners, one center tagger, and the player at Wagbat. The center tagger lights a pine cone on fire and throws it to the player at Wagbat. The player hits the pine cone and runs to knock a cedar stick off the cross rods. Then the twig runners dash back and forth until the pine cone burns out and the umpire calls hot box. Finally, the scores are added up and divided by nine. Come on, Doug. How can you not know that? I know some of those words. Does that count? <laughs> this is my, uh, you and I have maybe differ sometimes on, on movie recommendations and all, but this is my assignment to you. Watch Fantastic Mr. Fox. I'm going to go to Just Watch right now and find out if it is available on any of the 947 streaming services that I have. If it's not, tell me, and I'll uh, I'll email you a DVD. Um, though I guess I can't email it. I'll have to put it in the actual post. Um, seriously, it's one that is... there. It's on Disney+. Plus. There so you go. I, I will watch oh, it tonight, it really? I promise you. Um, I, I genuinely think... I think I understand some, your kind of sensibility. I, I think you'll love it. Anyway... I've, I, I'll say this. I've heard nothing but good things about this movie over the last decade. It's I our family's. gotten around to watch it. Yeah. Watch it with the kids when they were little, and uh, we all still love it. Okay, anyway. Uh, we, we I can't believe I just gave the rules of whack bat. That's fantastic. I can't, I can't believe you knew them that quickly and that in-depth. Yeah. Impressive. I'm, I'm really good at doing a quick Google search um, while we're talking. All right, so uh, <laughs> Chuck Nichols. My guy Chuck Nichols. Give away the secrets. I know, right? <laughs> How the sausage is made. Um, hey, hey, Chuck, thank you, by the way. Just thank you for being our resident, Chuck. Happy Thursday, all. Are we ha all happy that David Bell's love affair with Brad Brock is finally over? I, for one, am. Uh, yeah, I think I think we'll agree with that. Also, is Max Schrock going to be the red starting right fielder next year? No. No. I, I jumped the gun on that, no. No, you didn't jump the gun. You had, you answered it. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't know who the right, starting right fielder is going to be. But probably not Max Schrock. Are we okay with Max Schrock being on the team, though? Maybe. I, I would need to see who else is available. Yeah. I, 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 wouldn't, I wouldn't be opposed. I, I don't see any reason to think that he is not a utility player at the big league level. Mm -hmm. Right. So, sure. I mean, I have, no, I have no issue with it based on the information we have right now. I want the Reds to get better players than Max Schrock. I, I want them to have so much talent that Max Schrock is not talented enough to make the team. I'm sorry, Mrs. Schrock. I know you listen to the podcast. Um, but I gotta say, uh, you know, Max Schrock is a all-time inner circle Hall of Fame name for the Reds. It's a great name, Max Schrock. It's fun to say. I think it's fun for you to say. Uh, What's well, not fun for me to say in my dulcet tones? Exactly. This ridiculous accent. James Urban. James Urban, who didn't think that I would predict that the Reds would uh, sweep the Dodgers on the podcast, which I did. He has three questions. I'm going to pick one of these. He said, you probably won't answer all these, but I really just wanted to ask about anything other than the Reds this week because we need a break. How about this one? What's the greatest movie series of all time? Uh, he has parenthetical information that says the correct answer is Lord of the Rings, which is not the correct answer, but thanks for playing, James. We have some nice parting gifts for you. Greatest movie series of all time. You mean answer first, Doug, or you have an answer teed up? I'll let you go first, but I've got something in my mind. All right. To me, the greatest movie series of all time, James Bond. You know, that wasn't where I was going, but you might be right. I think the James Bond series, you know, it's just it stood the test of time, and it's not a you know sequel after sequel like Lord of the Rings was. But uh, that's that's my answer. 
My second second place is uh, Bill and Ted's uh, Excellent Adventure and the, the three Bill and Ted movies. I was going to go with Toy Story. Oh. Hmm. Actually, we, we, we say dumb stuff here on this podcast all the time, but I think our two answers are probably right up there. Toy Story. We're not as dumb as we sound sometimes. No, we are. We oh, are. yeah. Um, oh man, the Toy Story series. Every one of those movies is good. Did, did you know that, that, that Tom Hanks uh, played uh, played Woody? I, I did. I, I did know that. I, okay. liked, I like Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks. It's tough to find a movie that I don't like with Tom Hanks in it. Well, I've got one right, for tough. you. Okay, well tell me. I'm here. Real quick here. I like Tom Hanks in the movie, but uh, we were on a plane, uh, I don't know, what, we can have two weeks ago. And... Um, so on the on the on the flight out, we're going up the West Coast. I, I watched a movie and it was News of the World, which is Hanks's uh, most recent release, I think. And it wasn't great. I was disappointed. It's fair. I I can't comment. I haven't seen it. Tom Hanks in kind of a western. You know, I thought oh, I'd like to see that. Yeah, no, well, not so much. wasn't great. But uh, you know, everything else. He, but he, he, listen, he's likable and everything. I love me some Tom Hanks. Um, Nathan Connor, Nathan Connor asks, again, these questions are actual letters from actual viewers. They come from our friends at redleg, patreon.com slash redleg nation, where you too can support the podcast. Jeff Bezos is rumored to have an interest in purchasing the Denver Broncos for $4 billion. Chad, do you want to, you want to try that tagline again? Cause I'm pretty sure you got it wrong. What did I say? Uh, you said patreon.com slash redleg nation. <laughs> Boy, it's late. It's been a long night. <laughs> it, it is late. <laughs> Patreon.com slash... We need a Patreon.com slash Red Leg Nation. We need one of those. But this is Patreon.com slash Red Leg Radio. Jeff Bezos is rumored to have an interest in purchasing the Denver, interest in purchasing the Denver Broncos for $4 billion. I would like to commission Nate Dotson to launch an old-fashioned letter-writing campaign. He's good at those, as we established in recent weeks. To coerce Mr. Bezos into buying the Reds instead or in addition to buying the Broncos. Plenty of reasons why. MLB franchises are cheaper. Reds have a suppressed value given their recent, parentheses, 30 years of yeah. form, taken together with the fans' eagerness to support a winner. The Reds are a bargain. I think Mr. Bezos is in a position to make Bob an offer he can't refuse. Not in the way of Godfather. Um, it's also a fantastic movie series. Oh, incredible. Incredible. So, um, you know... Yes, we do need to do that letter writing campaign. We need some billionaire to take over this team. But I think Nathan actually has, he says something here that some people may think is ridiculous on its on its face that I think is absolutely true. I think the Reds do have a little bit of a suppressed value in, in the sense that if somebody came in here and went all in to try to win, I think Reds fans come back in droves. I think Great American Ballpark is filled every single night. If you give a legit winner, a, a, a legit ownership and a whole organization that's really going hard toward trying to win, I really do think the fans will come back in droves. And I think we see we see attendance like we've not seen uh, in Cincinnati since the 70s. I really think that's uh, – I can't believe – I'm constantly amazed how uh, you know insane Reds fans are, how much they live and die with this team still, given, even given the last 30 years. And so I do think there's a little bit of that, uh, you know, suppressed value. I think there's something to that. Am I crazy? 
I think you are. Uh, I'm going to throw on my baseball business hat real quick, and I will tell you right now that there is zero chance that if I were a billionaire, I would think about buying a Major League Baseball team, especially if I had the kind of money to buy an NFL team. Um, and it's, it's actually pretty simple. Right now, teams' entire evaluations are based on television money. All of the television money comes from local cable deals, and for the most part, the playoff money I mean, the World Series is the only real part of the playoffs that's on quote-unquote free television. Everything else is on cable television. The cable sports bubble is going to pop. These, There's just no other way around it. Half the channels are not even available to most of the customers in cities anymore because they were all bought out, and they can't come to carriage right deals with either the local cable companies or any of these streaming services. They're hemorrhaging money. And they're all, they're, they're, it's, it's just not gonna it's not gonna work. The NFL, on the other hand, makes all of their money television from CBS and Fox, free television. They're not going out of business. You don't need to come to some carriage right fees to have those stations. You need an antenna that costs twenty four dollars on Amazon. Okay, let me can I tell you why you're wrong? I mean, feel free. <laughs> it, it never stopped anybody else, even if I said no, you can't. So go for it. Here's why you're wrong. The, I saw the news just this week. The Reds, the Cincinnati Reds, just got invited to join the Big 12. And that's going to increase their value. Well, I, you know, you got me there. Didn't you, didn't you see I, that news? I, I, I did not. I, you, you were Look at you breaking news to me. On, oh, wow. I'm going to have to cut this podcast short and get to typing this story for Red Lake Nation. They were invited to join the Big 12. Or they're going to be demoted to the Big 12, I guess. Is really, well, <laughs> Depends on how you want to look at it. Yeah. Mark Hyden. Mark asks this question. Chad, did you just get a blue check mark? And if so, will you be talking ever again with us non-blue check mark people? I don't know. Well, that's you... why that, that's why I'm on the podcast and nobody else is. Exactly. And who's blue this check marks only? Who's this Mark Hyden guy anyway? Why, why, why is he addressing me? <laughs> who's he think he is? Come on. Get out of here, Mark. Gary Hilliard. Chad and Doug, I cannot understand why Hunter Green and Dari Moreta were not called up to help the bullpen down the stretch. Was it most likely because of service time games like Bob did with Nick Senzel, or is it some, or is something else more likely? Can I, can I take this one? I was going to actually tee, you, tee it up for you. Okay, so I think that there's a few things going on. One, I don't think either one of them has to do with service time. Uh, one, because pitchers, I agree. They, they unfortunately get hurt. Uh, you don't. I mean, the Reds cannot possibly be possibly be worried about Hunter Green in 2029. Except like, there are a bunch just, of idiots. Well, that's true. I, I keep forgetting about that "we're idiots" part. But let's just assume that for half a second here that they're not the dumbest people on the on the planet right now. They're not going to play that service time game. I, I think that with Hunter Green specifically, it's that if you call him up for the bullpen, he's never pitched in relief before. He's never pitched even anywhere shorter than on five days rest that's he wouldn't really be able to help the bullpen in any sort of scenario other than hey he's going to pitch on thursday for two or three innings here and it's completely planned and then what happens if let's say he's going on a day where luis castillo is pitching and throws eight innings what do you do then you let him pitch the ninth you let him pitch the ninth but then then he's not available for, for four more days nah you let him pitch so, the next so day I, and the next I, day and the I, next I, day yeah, I, I just think that with Hunter Green specifically, it's a situation where you're putting him into a role that wouldn't really be that useful for him or for the Reds right now. 
Um, not that it would be worthless. I think that those you know three or four innings that he may or may not be able to get once a week would be of some value, but it also limits your situation. Whereas if this were three years ago when you could call up 40 guys if you wanted to, maybe it makes more sense. But when you can only call up those two extra guys, eh, that's a situation you may or may not want to put yourself in, especially when you've got the Reds bullpen and they're trying to they're clearly trying to hide several guys in their bullpen right now. I mean, Amir Garrett's pitched what like six times since the beginning of August. I remember him. Yeah, I mean, it, it's terrible roster management um, mixed with, you know, unfortunately, the, the situation of 28 men rosters right now for him. Now, why Dari Moran is not up, I have no idea. I, it, let's just go back to what Chad said. They're idiots. I, I, I don't understand why. It makes no sense. No, let's be more I mean, specific. And, 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 he, and he, he's 25 years old. They're definitely not playing service time games with him. He's going to be 33 or 34 before he's a free agent. They don't care about that. I think they're just they're, – they're – there say it. Say it. No, say it. Say it the right way. Come on. Get it. Get in there the game go. here. A bunch of idiots. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, it, it does not make sense. It makes zero sense. Oh, I love this team so much. I love them. All right. One last question, and then we got to go because it's like four in the morning or something. I don't even know what time it is. It's Joey Gaditza. Yeah. Yeah. Joey Gaditza. Hey, guys. Hope you're both excellent. We are. Uh, be, and, and by the way, if I can just uh, recall something we said earlier, talking about Bill and Ted, can we all be excellent to each other and party on dudes? <laughs> that's a, that's going to be a struggle for me, Chad. Yeah, really. Uh, I, I try. I swear I try. Do you, though? I do. I really do. It's just incredibly difficult to do sometimes. Joey says, this recent slide by the Reds is putting our Zoom postseason party in jeopardy. We had, I, I pledged to do a Zoom uh, get together if the Reds uh, made it the postseason. So anyway, if they fail to make it, can we have a Zoom postseason grumble fest to comfort each other? Yeah, I think it sounds good. Misery loves company, right? That's what they say, right? That That is what they say. Yeah. Well, if misery loves company, we're all in great company because this team has made us miserable, but there are still 15 games left in which they can turn that around and listen – I gave our scenarios earlier, but what if they turn it around, make the playoffs, and then beat the Dodgers, and then and then win the NLDS and make it the NLCS? It's it could happen the way they were playing early in the season. Partying, that's what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, we're going to have a good time with that, and uh, we're going to forget this uh, this podcast um, and how disappointing the Reds have been the last uh, few weeks because you know that's because we'll we'll be we'll be happy rather than miserable that's why yeah so well i don't know what that's like so i look forward to finding out how that feels yes yes you do chad i don't you don't you even for one second think i don't remember the university of virginia winning the national basketball championship yeah i remember that that was great yeah yeah Oh, what's can you can you explain that to me once we're done recording? Because I don't, as, as a Cincinnati sports fan, I don't know what that's. The, the the truth of that is, and everybody likes, you know, I like to mention UVA just because I do it. It's kind of a running gag now at this point on on the show. But I'm telling you, that feeling that my son and I had sitting in uh, in uh, the big football stadium in in Minneapolis when uh, when University of Virginia won that basketball national championship, that that feeling is something that I really want for all the listeners of this show and all the hardcore Reds fans over the year that have suffered so long to feel. It really is, you know. Uh, and it was kind of similar. It was, you know, kind of, Virginia basketball was not good for m- most of my lifetime. 
And, you know, so, and the Reds have been not, not good for most of the last 30 years. So there's kind of the, the feeling of, of relief and then finally getting, getting to the summit. It's something I want all of you all to feel. I really do. Um, and, and even you, Doug. Even me? Wow. Okay. <laughs> Any final thoughts for us before we get out of here? No. Good. Cause I'm tired and we got to go. Um, thank you all for listening to Red Lake Nation Radio. This is episode number 393. For Doug Gray and a bunch of idiots, this is Chad Dotson saying, so long, everyone. Thanks for listening to Red Leg Nation Radio from RedLegNation.com. Subscribe to Red Leg Nation Radio on iTunes or through your favorite podcast app. And join us for discussion of all things Reds at RedLegNation.com. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. This Valentine's Day, Dunkin's got the perfect pairings to show your love. So get down on one knee with a dozen brownie batter donuts and a cocoa mocha signature latte. Or make them swoon with a strawberry dragon fruit Dunkin' refresher with a Cupid's Choice Donut. Are you ready for love? America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer.